0: Love yours. Love yours.
1: No such thing. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. Love yours no thing as a life that's better than yours. No such
0: thing. No such thing. Welcome to the thesis, brother, Doctor Claggett. First, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to. Participate in the second season of my podcast this chapter is for our listeners who are seeking ways to increase their physical health I purposely invited you to the show because I am concerned about the health choices that many men in our ethnic group make regarding their bodies there are figures that I saw on blackdemographics.com that solidified this concern I would like to for you to use this platform to educate not only myself but also our listeners on how to
1: improve
0: their health. To our listeners, this is not a persecution of your health lifestyle. However, it is my hope that this information provided today will be helpful to you or someone, you know. And stating this, brother, let's dive right into the conversation. As often do on my show, please provide our listeners with a brief introduction of who you are, your educational background, and what drives your passion for the subjects that we are going to discuss today?
1: All right, definitely appreciate you for having me on the show, Brother Bernie. I've definitely been listening over the past couple of seasons and really appreciating the knowledge that you bring into the community and just doing a great job. So I wanted to start off by saying that. Thank so you, bro. Yeah, definitely. So for our listeners, uh, my name is Dr. Dorian Claggett. I uh, graduated from North Carolina A&T in 2017, got my bachelor's in sports science and fitness management and went on to get my doctorate from Hampton University, a doctorate in physical therapy. So um, I would say my drive for the profession started in about 10th grade. I went to a predominantly engineering high school, so everybody was great at science and math and just really wasn't my thing. And I knew I had to figure out something else that I wanted to do. And i I ran track all throughout high school. I kept having hamstring injuries, kept having them. But in Baltimore City, we didn't have the resources. We didn't have athletic trainers or ice baths or really any of those things. So I had to go into the community and seek out a physical therapist. And at that time, I was really at the top of my game, getting recruited by a lot of schools, but I couldn't stay healthy. So that was my biggest concern. So um, I went to a physical therapist. He ended up being a great guy, being a great mentor. He told me, hey, if engineering isn't what you want to do, then I think physical therapy will be a great profession for you. You know, you love sports. You seem to love working with people and just seemed like something I think you'd be good at doing. So I considered it and did a lot of interning with him, even when I finished therapy. And even when I finished, I was able to win my first state championship. And I kind of attributed that to him. I figured I wanted to have that same impact on other people. So really stuck with it ever since. I would think um, my discipline really got me this far. A lot of people started and wanted to do this profession in high school and undergrad, but just couldn't see it through. But. I kept thinking back of um, just when I was in 10th grade and what I wanted to do, what I wanted to accomplish and just kind of wanted to have that same impact on other people. Well, that's great, brother. I really appreciate you giving me the
0: background of this, because oftentimes one of the things that I recognize in our community is we push and and I say we, I I don't have any children, but so I'm speaking broadly about the African-American community. Oftentimes, we push our children to go into we push the young ladies to go to college and get their education. And we push our young guys to go onto the football field, uh, basketball or in your case, track. And in a lot of cases, we do not talk about the conditioning component of it, like, hey, maintaining your body, not only well, maintaining your body, doing what you have to do to make sure your body does not break down on you as an example. I'm sure you saw this, but if you did not, I'll mention it to our to our listeners as well as you. I was looking at a small video from a combine last week, the football combine, where the young man tore his Achilles heel and nobody really reached out to him. They just they just looked at him. Now, imagine for our listeners. Imagine you've been playing football since Pop Warner touch football, tag football. Now it's time for you to go pro. And in your opportunity, and, and I wish that young man a thousand years of success in his recovery. I don't want to say that it's over for him. But just imagine, listeners, if you are trying to go through the combine and you tear your Achilles heel and you need that to be an athlete. It's such a tragedy. And I I hope that that young man either finished college or is really close to finishing college because now he needs to really start thinking about potentially thinking about what's plan B. But brother, I could talk about that for, for days and I'm sure you could chime in on that. Matter of fact, what are your thoughts on that before I move on to the next question?
1: It's just a constant reminder that the NFL is just a business. You know, it was so many scouts just sitting around. They didn't even think to help them. They went to the next drill. It's crazy. You know, this one of the top recruits in the nation. From a big predominantly big 10 school and you just had a constant reminder that it doesn't matter who you are at the end of the day it's about the money and if you get hurt it's on to the next best guy so that's where somebody like me comes in and i really got to make a difference to bring somebody like that back on the field and remind him that hey things happen but we got to do what we got to do and get you back to where you need to be but i do agree with you he definitely needs to have a backup plan and have that plan be and It's a reminder not to just him, but everybody else that could be in his similar situation that if you don't have a plan B, then it could be bad long term. So
0: let's let's go on to another random question that just crossed my mind as we were talking about combine and the NFL. And maybe you can educate me on this. What is the long the career longevity for the average pro football
1: player? How many years? So, I watch the podcast, I Am Athlete, and they always say the average lifespan for an NFL player is three years. And it's three crazy. Three years. Three years. Because you you hear about your, you know, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady's, your Lamar Jackson's, and, well, I guess people that have been in the league for a while. So, your Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, Drew Brees, et cetera. You assume that that's most of the athletes. And you have a lot of athletes that just come in, they get hurt, you never hear about them again. And it's, it's crazy. Three years. You do all of this and you only have three years to show for it. So if you don't have that backup plan, then it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: So, I, I, man, this is a perfect setup for not necessarily the next question, but what, what we've talked about here in the last two minutes is something for our younger listeners to think about. Mm-hmm. Your parents are pushing you. You're pushing yourself to get to that professional level, especially when you're talking about football. You might have three years. You will play more football from Pop Warner to college. You'll have more years from Pop Warner to college than in the professional league. So it is my hope that if there's anyone that's listening to this show, whether you're you're pursuing getting drafted, whether you are, you know, someone who's pursuing that dream. I'm not a dream killer. This is not an opportunity to say, oh, give it up. This is really my opportunity to say, please take, an, take what the information that my brother is providing, going to provide today, and apply it. And if something was to happen, please think about what's plan B. Because as you know, I, I went to Chapel Hill. Quick story, and then I'll move on to the next question, bro. I went to Chapel Hill when Kennedy Meeks and a couple other famous players went there and went on to the NFL or to play overseas. And unfortunately, one of the young men that I was in class with, he played football for Carolina. And he was a senior, just like I was a senior brother. And unfortunately, we were in this class and he he could not read. Now, I know the average person reads on the eighth grade level. I've mentioned that before in previous chapters. The average person reads on the eighth grade level. That young man couldn't even read on the eighth grade level, brother. And he reached out to me and he was like, Man, I need somebody to help me get through this class. Cause if not, it's over for me. And I was like, Well, bro, I, I he's not our fraternity brother, but I said brother to brother, black man to black man. I was like, brother, uh, you know, we're both seniors. And if I'm looking at you, do you really think you're gonna get drafted at this point? And he was like, Man, I'm holding out. I'm holding out. And I'm like, Well, you know, I'll try to help you with this class, but We really need to start thinking about what's plan B, you know, maybe arena football, going overseas, X, Y, Z. If not, then, you know, you really got to think about what's next from an educational standpoint. But I'll, I'll transition from that, brother. Based upon your research and implementation, how can physical therapy improve the health
1: and potential life expectancy of black men? It's a great question, brother. Um, I would just say, just in my short experience, I actually just got my doctorate last year in 2021. We're recording this in March of 2022. But I'm just in my experience thus far, physical therapy has really served as a starting point to allow Black men to kind of return to where they want to be as far as previous level of function. You know, a lot of times I get patients that say they want to get back to exercise, but they don't know where to start, or they're too busy, or they've had back pain for 30 years. So they haven't even tried to exercise. So with me, I try to really empathize with my patients, particularly black men, and figure out what exactly they want to accomplish. If you don't sit down and have those realistic conversations, they're not going to do anything once I discharge them from therapy. So for instance, I'll have a patient, they probably had back pain for 30 years. They might've had a labor intensive job and really outside of work, they haven't done any kind of exercise. Obviously, long term, that's not great for your body, but I bring them in. I sit them down. I figure out what they want to do next. You know, a lot of times they're in the 50s and 60s. They haven't worked out. Okay, what's what's the next plan? Well, I want to play with my grandchildren. I want to return to playing golf that I used to play 30 years ago. Okay, let's come up with a strategic plan to get your back the way it used to be. And let's come up with some sports specific exercises, whether it's swinging an actual golf club or doing some exercises that might emulate that. That long term seems to be the best thing for my patients, um, getting them back to where they want to be. From an exercise standpoint, I say that's how physical therapy can help for Black men. Just serving as a starting point to get them back to where they want to be. And I'm glad that you
0: mentioned people with normal lives, not the athletes. The older guy that's 50, 60 years old, and he just had a a blue collar job, and it was really strenuous on his body. A few years ago, not a few, more than 10 years ago, I had a head-on collision. I was hit head-on by a Dodge Durango and I was in a Honda Civic. And that part of it, and I'm glad God spared my life, but that part of it is not as important to this conversation as to what I'm going to say next. Because of that car accident, I had debilitating back issues. I mean, I did not realize, and I was young, I did not realize how much my back was important to my lifestyle, just getting up out the bed. And I went to a physical therapist and maybe I didn't ask the right questions or I didn't listen to my body enough. And I still dealt with pain for years after the car accident. They got me to a point so I can settle my claim and X, Y, Z. And I just figured, oh, maybe I need to work out some more Things of that nature, and it wasn't until years later that I talked to another physical therapist, and they were like, "Well, you need to work on your core. You need to work on this and and that. Maybe you should lose some weight. That can probably help you as well. But beyond that, I want to I want to transcend to another question, brother. So, what are some key key elements that our listeners should consider when exercising? Because oftentimes we're seeing these these videos on YouTube, you know, uh, there's all these different examples of exercising that might be what works for one person. That might not be what works for that particular individual. So building upon that question, how do you, how would you suggest that a person really figures out, figure out what exercise routine is best for them?
1: I would say number one, first and foremost, you need to figure out what your specific exercise goals are. A lot of times we see the people on Instagram or YouTube doing these crazy exercises that look to be so helpful because their bodies look so great, but their goals are completely different from yours. You you know, they might be training for a 5K or trying to run a marathon, so their exercises are catered toward that exact thing. You, on the other hand, might be trying to lose weight, so you might need a completely different exercise program from them. They might be more cardio-intensive. You might be more high-intensity training-intensive intensive, where you're doing a lot of high reps and fast speed exercises, whereas though them, they're just doing a lot of cardio and a lot of ab work. So figure out exactly what your goals are. I always say, if you're trying to lose weight, then why are you going from a seated machine to another seated machine, going from chest, incline chest press to leg press, and you're not doing any kind of cardio, you're not doing any kind of high intensity. You need to figure out exactly what your goals are Make sure you're getting your heart rate up and most importantly, making sure you're staying consistent. If you're not consistent, you can pretty much wipe anything out the window as far as getting the gains that you want to gain. And even when I have my people, my my clients or patients, and they want to gain muscle, they want to get bigger and they're lifting the same weight for weeks in and weeks out. If you're eight weeks in, you have to start increasing the weight. As long as your body can tolerate, you have to start pushing yourself because your body's naturally going to adapt to the load that you put on it. So it's form over function, your body's just going to adapt. So making sure you're progressing yourself, whether it's running faster, running longer, increasing the intensity, increasing the, the res- resistance, just making sure you're doing those things. But most importantly, staying consistent. And that was the point that
0: I was just about to make, brother. I, I thank you so much for ending in that answer with that statement again, remaining consistent. I think about anything in life, the reason why you've achieved The level of educational success that you've achieved is your consistency, your willingness to adhere to the process. Once again, I know I told you privately, but publicly, I want to say congratulations. I've had people who've said to me about the show, oh, you have all these people on your show that got all this education. What about the regular people? Like, you know, look, whatever regular meant to that particular person, oftentimes what I said to that individual was oftentimes when people think about the levels of education that African-American attain African-American men attain they don't think about doctorate degrees they don't think about the level of education attached to the men that I've had on this show this is the reason why I wanted to call it the thesis by the grace of God by way of our fraternity I have a lot of men at my access that I can reach out to and say, hey, they are actual experts. This is not some YouTube channel throwing stuff up against the wall, trying to see what sticks here. I am literally picking, to our listeners, I am literally picking subject matter experts to try to speak on these topics that are important. Am I going to have those entertaining entertaining moments as we continue to traverse through this this podcast? Absolutely. But these are the topics that are important. These are the topics that are going to add to quality of life. Those that That's one of the things that my therapist has said to me at one point, like, I just want to add to your quality of life, Brandon. If you hurt going to bed and then you hurting getting up in the morning, is that quality of life? And I was like, dang, that's a real question. No, it's not. It's like, you know, you pop in pain pills like Tic Tacs. That's not good. You're too young for that. But I want to go ahead and move on to something else. What are some important things to consider when choosing a diet regimen? Because you mentioned it, staying consistent with the
1: workout routine. What would you say about the diet regimen? I feel like it's a million and one different ways you could answer that question. Um, you know, there's so many diet regimens, diet plans on the, on the, on the books these days. You have your ketos, you, a lot of people going vegan, just a lot of different things that you can do but I try to keep it as simple as I can. So um, obviously I'm a physical therapist by profession, but also I do some personal training on the side and I have my CSCS, so Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialists, where I kind of touch on nutrition as well. But with my clients, the biggest thing that I try to do is emphasize a calorie deficit. Just keep it that simple. Don't worry about anything else. Worry about what you're intaking and what you're putting out. So for instance, if you're in, if you're taking in 3,000 calories a day, but you're only burning 500 calories a day. How can you realistically expect to lose any weight at all? So I try to say, keep it it nice and simple. Look at what you're eating. So look at your carbs, look at your fats, look at your proteins, just look at all your macros and figure out how many calories total you're consuming per day. And if you're, I would say a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people meal prep, But a lot of people are pretty consistent in the things that they eat on a week-to-week basis. So it's not like every single day that you have to track exactly how many calories you're taking in. You know, if on Monday you like to eat spaghetti, you like to eat a banana, you like to eat a protein bar, pretty often you'll be eating the same thing. So you know on those days you know how many calories you're intaking. And over time it's a lot less of a tedious process. So I would say just keep track of that and when you're working out have some way to track how many calories you're burning so that obviously if you have an apple watch you can track your calories and just look at it and every week just keep it up keep it up so try to burn maybe 500 calories one week per day and maybe the next week maybe go up to 550 and maybe 600 and try to make sure try to make sure your calories that you're taking in and calories that you're putting out is very close to each other and that's the best way to um just consider your diet so
0: with that being said, brother, I'm not the, profession in the, this, the professional in this conversation, so I'll just add this to what you said. Even with that, to our listeners, please be consistent with the diet. Because if you're if you're being consistent with the workout and not the diet, it can be a detriment. If you're being consistent with the diet, but not the workout, it can be a detriment. In finding that right two variables for the equation of body success and, and, and your physical health, the first component that I think is important that Brother Claggett brought up is the consistency of it. Are you consistently telling yourself, I want to feel better? Are you consistently saying, I want to be in a better place? If you're not even consistently motivating yourself, how are you going to get through that workout routine? Mm-hmm. How are you going to push yourself to that next level? Because, like you stated, even with the high intensity and the cardio and the weight training and the da 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 da, you got to be consistent in pushing yourself. Or you got to be consistent in having a partner there to push you, and you're pushing that person. You know, so it working out now, bro, is it, the access to it is so much better than it was 20 years ago, or when I was a teenager. You know, you had to be a gym rat. If you had a gym membership in the 90s, I'm showing my age. If you had a gym membership in the 90s, early two early 2000s, you were a gym rat. Like, if you was paying for the gym, like, you was really serious about your workout situation. You know what I'm saying? Now you got plans. You can go to gym for $10 a month. You know, you can, you can look at YouTube videos. Like, there is no excuse. And you and I both know what our excuses are. We don't have to go there, but there is no excuse for not getting yourself to a place that you feel comfortable. But um, as we transition to the next question, brother, based upon your observation, what are the common reasons why individuals are not meeting their fitness goals besides consistency up? What are some other things that are standing out in your mind?
1: I could answer every single question with consistency. And as really just- <laughs> really number one is the most important thing. Um, a lot of people just stop when they start to see the progress and they just, that's it. I think another thing though, is having somebody that will hold you accountable. Um, whether that might be your spouse, one of your chi- a child, or just even a friend. I think just having somebody that has their goals aligned with yours really just goes a long way. And really look at Look at the people in your family that came before you. Look at your parents, look at your grandparents, and look, look to see some of the things that they came up short of doing and see why they might have had some of the health ailments that they have. I think that should be your biggest motivation to keep being consistent with your fitness goals. Um, obviously, a lot of people want to work out for the for the looks, but you really just got to take care of your body. You know, a lot of the patients that I have that come in every day, they just had a long a healthy lifestyle for decades in and decades out. They just stayed consistent. It didn't matter to them how they looked. It mattered to them how they felt. And I think that's the biggest thing. How do you feel when you wake up every day? You have to want it for yourself. Nobody else can want it for you. You have to want it. That's the biggest thing, to stay consistent. You got to want it for yourself. And let me go back to something you had said a few moments ago. We got
0: to cut it out with these in the mirror pictures for Instagram and all this stuff men and women are doing in the gym. Holding up the holding up the weight bench, got the free weights for 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, because you 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 trying to execute the perfect picture. Look, I, I get that people. I said this in season one. The fourth degree of self-indulgence is called media. Me, dia. Y'all can look that up later. You know, so this whole Instagram, social media thing got people caught up in themselves too much. You know, it looks good. You know, they're taking these pictures, but how much of a routine did they actually do? And, and that's that's the real question. But beyond that, there's this one young man uh that I look at on YouTube and he does cardio videos. And he said, What I do is I take a picture of my child and I put it on the table in front of me as I'm working out because I want I'm working out now to add life so I can spend as much time with my child as possible. So that when you said that earlier, like having someone to hold you accountable for your reaching your goals, it could be your child. It could be your grandchild. Like the example you gave earlier, it could be anything. But let's not lose sight that. Most importantly, it should be for you, you know, it, most importantly, listeners, it should be for you,
1: if nobody else.
0: But were you about to say something, to brother, before I move on?
1: Yeah, um, just to piggyback on that last question, um, I'm not exempt from, from the consistency thing and trying to figure out what means. I had to realize what, when I worked out, what was I working out for? When I was doing certain exercise routines, I had to ask myself, am I doing this so that I could look good in the mirror? So I could fit fit my shirts out good. So when I go to the beach, I, I look good to other people or quote unquote, look good to other people. But was I feeling good when I had to wake up and go to the gym six, about five, six times a week, working out for an hour and a half, lifting these heavy weights and I'm sore every morning. My muscles just aren't reacting the same way that I want them to. And I had to ask myself, why am I actually doing this? Am I doing it for me? Or am I doing this for somebody else? And I would say that was the hardest thing for me to stay consistent when I was trying to put on a lot of weight and get a lot of muscle was being consistent because I was doing this for other people. So I would say the biggest thing, make sure you're doing it for yourself. And once I started doing that, I started getting into a workout routine that I enjoy to do, enjoy doing. That's what really kept me consistent going forward is I started doing things for me. I started doing yoga, doing more cardio. I enjoy running but I wasn't running for months because I knew I wanted to gain weight. So I'm lifting these heavy weights every day. Like I said, not for me. So if you're doing it for you, you'll see the results come a lot quicker and it'll be sustainable.
0: Thank you, brother, for, for that addition. I mean, once again, if there's, if there's anything, there's two major bullet points that I hope our listeners walk away from this conversation is the consistency that you've mentioned thus far and in most of this conversation and also doing it for you, the diet and the workout is going to give you better numbers when you go to the doctor. And I'm hoping that more black men are going to the doctor and getting that checkup. If you're nine times out of 10, you have some type of insurance plan. Hopefully the unfortunate thing is from what I'm reading on BlackDemographics.com and other websites is men don't like going to the doctor until they feel something is really wrong.
1: Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next point. Most, I'm not going to say most, well, most black men that I've come across in clinic are reactive and not proactive. They they wait until it's way too late. Like I said earlier, they'll have back pain for 30 years and it's not until they can't pick up their grandkids that they realize, Hey, maybe I should have said something or it's not until they've they've had cancer for years and the tumor just been growing larger and larger, but they've been having this pain, but didn't want to say anything. A lot of Black men don't want to be told what to do, in my experience. And that's just something that we have got to get away from. Even looking at my patient retention, the women are always um, more consistent than the men. Black or white men, it's just a lot of males just don't want to be told what to do. That's something that we have got to get away from, especially as Black men, though, because there's so many things that we're predisposed to just in our genet- genetic makeup. So if we're not proactive with it, then we can't expect to live to be 80, 90, 100 years old. So yeah, we definitely have to be more proactive. That's why I, I definitely appreciate you bringing up just now, scheduling your annual checkups and, and staying on top of that. It's, it's really important. I'm, gonna tell you, I'm In response to what you said, I'm going to tell you like
0: a doctor told me one one time. A doctor. Matter of fact, the the conversation was so interesting, brother. He uh, I went in for a checkup and we're sitting there, we're talking. And he said, I'm going to see what we can do to get you off this blood pressure medicine. So I'm like, "Okay." he was like, you know, I'm not big on medicine. Do you know the difference between a doctor and a physician? And I was like, (laughs) I thought the terms were used interchangeably. And he was like, no, there's a difference. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where I went with him. I, he said, there's a difference. He was like, do you know what the difference is? And I was like, he was like, what's a physician? What's the, what's the core of the word physician? And I was like, physics. And he was like, what, what does the study of physics mean? And I was like, the study of, uh, m- molecular molecules and, and, and all that stuff. And he was like, okay, that's close enough, you know. <laughs> he, he laughed at me, but he was like, that's, that's close enough. And he uh, was like, uh, he was like, in a lot of cases, and I'm not saying this is all, but in a lot of cases, physicians are quick to prescribe you something. Mm-hmm. I look at myself like a doctor. Am I going to prescribe you something if it's going to prolong your life? Absolutely. But my goal, my goal is to try to help you find healthy ways Changing your lifestyle, changing your diet, exercising more. How can we prolong your life? So once again, this is someone in another field, in the health field, telling me, how can I help you have a better quality of life, prolong your life, etc." Men, we got to get out here and start getting checked. Not just your physical health, but your dental too. These guys have spent all this money on these grills and th- these shoes and this stuff, stuff. But when you ask them when was the last time they've been to the doctor, brother, they sc- they're scratching their brain. Uh, you know, it was what, two years ago. Once again, I'm not judging anyone. I just want us to be in a better place. Everyone. Cause I don't think the, the, the reality of not going to the doctor is just a black man thing. It's like you said, I think men and just in general don't like to be told what to do. And this was the last point I was going to make about what the doctor said to me. He said, I could tell you to take this medicine right now, or I could tell you later, you better take this medicine. Either way it go, you know, I could tell you, take this medicine now and you can work out and hopefully we can pull you off of it. Or I'm going to be telling you, you better do it later. So either way it goes, it's a, It's a tale, There's a suggestion there. There's something there to try to jar you to get yourself back on track. Being told to do something is better than being having someone say you better do something (laughs) or else. You know that's that's a different type of conversation. With that being said, we've talked about prolonging life and the consistency of the workout plan and the consistency of the diet plan. What are some steps? That you would recommend to our listeners to help them develop an action plan to improve their
1: overall health. Like I said before, I would definitely say have someone that'll hold you accountable. I think that's that's extremely big. You know, have have like minded individuals around you. You know, it, it's hard to do a lot of things by yourself, especially sus- to sustain things. Um, it's hard to do things for your by yourself for a long time. And if you're experiencing any symptoms for prolonged periods or if you have any issues at all, say something, you know. Speak up. We can't wait until we have to take these medications. And don't be afraid to say something to somebody. I think that's the biggest thing that I would that I would say.
0: Definitely communication is so key. I think sometimes, especially last, last season I had a a chapter called You Are Not Broken. So right now we're talking about the physical health. Last year, I talked about the mental health, and unfortunately, between the physical health problems that a lot of Black men were already encountering, now we're dealing with a lot of Black men dealing with their mental health issues. Those two things together, man, is really impacting the Black male community. There are so many articles coming out now that Black men are committing suicide at an alarming rate. So we got to, we've really got to get this thing together. Now, I'm not, once again, I'm not judging anyone. If you got some areas of your life from a physical standpoint that you need to work on, or there are some elements, please do so. Like Brother has mentioned, please communicate that with someone. Hey, I don't like the way I look. I tell people that all the time. You know, it ain't cool to be short and, and fat. <laughs> you know, people will say to me, you're not fat. Now, you know, this is me jokingly saying that. But I'm saying it out loud so I can have an accountability partner to say, hey, you feeling like you're big, then you should work out some more. You're feeling a certain way about what you're doing, then maybe you should change that. So I look at when I say these things to people, when I communicate, as you mentioned, when I communicate these things to people, it's really because I want to have an accountability partner. Not necessarily that I need someone to force me to get out to bed in the morning and work out or work out before I go to bed or whatever case may be, but just someone that's like, you know, what? I see you doing what you're doing, I can see a difference. And, you know, so that's important to me and vice versa. When I have people in my life there that are saying that, hey, they're trying to reach their goals physically, I make sure that I acknowledge it. Like, hey, stick with it. Encourage them because you never know what that encouragement may do. That might help them get through that next week of working out because they don't see it. So I tell people all the time, don't get caught up in that that scale in your bathroom, wherever you got it. You know, don't get caught up in the likes and the dislikes. Do what works for you. If you put your clothes on and they fit better than they did last month, you're probably making some good moves. So let's not get into that mindset, that negative mindset of, man, I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm working out. I'm not seeing any changes, any differences Like Brother Claggett mentioned a few moments ago, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for you or are you doing it for someone else? And it is my hope that once you leave this conversation that you'll say to yourself, I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to encourage someone else to do it for them, not for someone else.
1: Yeah, so um, you did mention physical health and mental health is definitely synonymous. And I'm not exempt to that either. I'm... I'm someone I feel like I reflect a lot. I look at I look in the mirror and figure out what are some things that I can improve on in my life. You know, obviously I have quite a bit of education in my field, but I never feel like I never lose the desire to learn. I never feel like there isn't something to be to be learned. So I, this is actually the first time I've actually ever told anybody, but I finally started seeing a the therapist a couple months ago myself, and she was the one that told me. You need to figure out what you're exercising for. But I took a few months off last year from exercising. I just wasn't feeling good. And she said, well, what are you doing when you're exercising? And she was the one that told me, maybe you don't need to be lifting the weights as much. Maybe you need to start doing some Tai Chi or something like that. That's really long-term what's, what's going to help. You know, I've had high blood pressure myself. I've been taking amlodipine and had a lot of stress and a lot of internal issues, a lot of internal battles there. I really never told anybody about, but people assumed that because physically I look great well, quote unquote great and doing so well in my profession that there weren't internal battles. And I will say over the past few months myself, since I started seeing a therapist, everything has just been falling into place quite a bit better physically, mentally, mentally emotionally, everything has just definitely been better. So uh, like you said, physical health and emotional health is synonymous. You can't have one without the, without the other. And I'm so glad that you mentioned all that, brother. First, I want to acknowledge that you said that out
0: loud. We need more people saying that out loud to to take the stigmatism off of going to see someone that can help you get to a better place. Whatever that thing is, because oftentimes we'll be. And I have not experienced this personally, so I don't want to make light of what somebody else has experienced, but oftentimes you'll be talking about how someone had an overdose or dealt with some things. And unfortunately, they they have completed suicide, which is something that I learned last year when I had the therapist on my show. And we'll say to ourselves, why didn't they communicate with us? Why didn't they say anything? Everything looked like they were fine. They had a great job. Their body looked great. They were making good money. But all of that was a cover for the brokenness inside or whatever they were dealing with on the inside. So as I say this to our listeners, brother, it's about that holistic health thing. Like I said, last season, brought a therapist on. Let's talk about it. This season, having a conversation with you. But it's very interesting that they're connecting, they're sinewing, they're so important together, the holistic health of this thing. But with that being said, brother, this takes me to a great question because I'm sure we've unwrapped some things on here and I'm sure there are some people that will leave this conversation feeling motivated and want to look some more into what we're talking about. What are some websites, articles, or videos that you would recommend to
1: our listeners to help them improve their current physical health status? You know, I'm sure when you posed this question, you probably didn't you wouldn't have expected the answer that you're going to get. So um, I would say don't look on a lot of different websites, articles, or, or look at a lot of different videos to improve your current health st- status. Take a completely different approach and go to an experienced licensed professional to get um, recommendations on what to do going forward. You know, I have a lot of patients that come to me during their initial evaluation and tell me exactly what's going on. And they to give me their diagnosis before I do any tests at all. And I'm like, wow, so what would you come to therapy for? If you already know exactly what, you, what the issue is and how to fix it, why would you come to therapy? I would say don't be afraid to seek help from somebody who's had a lot of experience in the field. Um, you know, I've had a lot of patients with low back pain, and they do their research. and they, Their first assumption is kidneys. I have kidney failure. I got low back pain. It's, it's Right above my glutes, it has to be kidney failure. I'm like, well, what makes you think that? Well, I looked on this website and I seem to fit all the criteria for it. So I would say, and I wouldn't, I'm going to be completely honest. I wouldn't say completely sway away from those sites, but read them with precaution. Um, Have that in the back of your mind. But self-diagnosing just isn't isn't a great thing to do. You might think that things are worse than they are. And don't be afraid to reach out for help. So um, I will say that. However, I will say as far as classes are concerned, Peloton does have a lot of great classes, not just cycling and on the treadmill, but a lot of aerobics classes, yoga, step classes, things like that. Um, Don't be afraid to go to the gym, your local gym. A lot of gyms have classes and find out what you're interested in. And I think that probably be the best thing for um, improving the physical health status. And of course, being consistent with your diet is important as well. Well, I'm glad that you said that, brother, because in a lot of cases, people be going to WebMD and
0: all these different websites. And even on WebMD, it tells you, and I'm paraphrasing, hey, please consult a physician or a doctor to, you know, to find out exactly what's going on. So what you mentioned about how people will say, oh, it's it's my kidneys, my natural reaction to that statement would have been, well, you know how you could have found out if it was your kidneys or not? And they'd be like, well, well, how? And I was like, you would have went to the doctor and had them run the blood work. (laughs) You know, knowing is half the battle. But being afraid of the answer is the other part. Sometimes people are really afraid to hear what their doctor is going to say. But knowing is half the battle. It is my hope that no one gets that that call that it's their kidneys or their lungs or something is wrong, hopefully it is something that your physical therapist can work work you through. Hopefully it is something that a diet can help you overcome, you know, and get past and things of that nature. Hopefully it's a healthy lifestyle change that can help you get to where you need to be at. Hopefully it's not something significantly wrong. I do not want to wish that on anyone, but, If someone was to say that to me, like, hey, I think it's my lungs, or hey, I think it's it's my kidneys, I would immediately say, Go seek a professional opinion. Get the blood work done. So you'll know for sure, because I want you to be okay. So we've had this great conversation, brother, and I'm sure we can have another one and unwrap some more information. And and it is my hope that as I get Responses and feedback from our listeners regarding this show that maybe I can have you back on season three and we can unwrap those things that those individuals have said to me. Um, but in closing, I always ask my guests if you could provide a thesis statement for this conversation, what would that thesis statement be?
1: I would say um, a sustainable, healthy lifestyle requires discipline, accountability and consistency. Um, Surround yourself with like-minded individuals who can take that journey with you. And don't be afraid to seek out help. What's the old African proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's really important. Find a professional, find somebody who looks like you, that actually has been in your shoes before, that can really empathize with you, who has family members that look like you. And I think that's probably the best thing going forward if you want to have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. There's definitely strength in numbers, brother. One
0: of the things that I learned two weeks ago, randomly, I was looking at this video. And this guy, it was a podcast as well. It was a vlog. It wasn't a podcast. And the guy was doing his, his exit interview question. And the gentleman he was interviewing said, wow, what you said was was so great. One of the toughest lessons to learn in life is to know when not to be a glutton of conversation. To our listeners, sit on that for a second. Even with all of the positive affirmation statements that I've heard from my listeners about how well I am doing, I'm learning with each conversation, each chapter, how I can become better. It is my hope that this conversation Will enrich someone. If it's not for you, please pass it along to someone else. Let it empower them. To you, brother, once again, congratulations on your academic achievements. You are an inspiration to me. I am so thankful for our fraternity. These are the things brothers don't talk about regularly. So I thank you and I thank our listeners. And as I always say, Welcome to The Thesis, a podcast where we unlock the thoughts of time. Be encouraged.
1: It's beauty in the struggle, nigga. Beauty, beauty. Let me explain. Yeah. It's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success. Hear my words and listen to my signal of distress. I grew up in the city and know sometimes we had less compared to some of my niggas down the block, man. We were blessed. And life can't be no fairy tale, no once upon a time. But I be goddamn if a nigga don't be trying. So tell me mama please why you be drinking all the time. Does all the pain he brought you still linger in your mind. Cause pain still lingers on mine. On the road to riches. Listen, this is what you find. The good news is, nigga, you came a long way. The bad news is, nigga, you went the wrong way. Think being broke such thing was better. A life that's better than yours. No <laughs> such thing, thing as a life that's better than yours. Think being broke was better. life That's better than yours.
0: No sense, no step.